The Alpha Sessions. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Alpha Sessions. And with me in the studio, I am delighted to be joined by Maz from Frankie Morrow. Welcome down. Hello. Thanks for coming to The Alpha Sessions. We've had an amazing few songs. We've worked you hard today because we've actually had, I think, five songs all together, some of which you'll hear in this uh, programme and some others we're going to hold back for some specials later in the year. So that's exciting stuff. Uh, so you're here solo today, but you're part of a five-piece band, aren't you? So talk us through how Frankie Morrow went from a solo project to what it is now. Yeah, sure. So I'd kind of been sitting on a lot of songs for many years, but kind of just never had the confidence, honestly, to like get it going. And I met Neve, as we were kind of speaking about earlier, but I met her about four or five years ago, I think. And we started doing open mics together and she really took me under her wing and I kind of like began to grow in confidence and was like, okay, I need to actually start recording then obviously the pandemic happened but it did mean that I recorded loads of material at home and then I think I kind of start had started playing some solo shows and I just all of the instrumentation that I had kind of created for the EP was just band led like it really wasn't a solo project anymore and so I was like, I'm going to need to to recruit some people. And um, James, our bassist, always uh, laughs at me because he says that <laughs> there was this annual message that he'd get at Christmas time from me saying, hey, like, wanting to start a band, like, do you want to be in it? <laughs> but it took years to finally actually get in and be like, right, we're doing it, which is what happened last year in 2022. We finally got in the studio in January. And me and James and Duncan. So James and Duncan, I know from home. Right. We all grew up in Paisley in different schools, but we're kind of in the same scene. And me and James were in a band together when we were like 15 years old. Um, but they've been living down in London. So I was like, OK, right, we need to like get in the studio and, and kind of workshop these songs and see what's going on. And then from there, Neve got involved and Sam... How did Sam get involved? We 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 had a friend actually. It was a Neve gig. I went to go see Neve, and Sam was playing that mm. night, and we were both absolutely blown away. And me and Neve actually ran our own like YouTube session channel. Yeah. It was very low key in her back garden, but anyway, we invited him to come down and play that, and so we became friends and stuff. Um, so it sounds yeah. like a very natural progression then, yeah. really. As you say, you'd sort of all been <clears throat> together one way or the other for for quite a long time. And you mentioned that you you were from Paisley. So you were the last one to move down to London, were you, to kind of form the band down here? Actually, I think Duncan, maybe, I think, has been here a few years, actually. I think he might have been the last, but everybody else, I think, was before me. Yeah, Sam's been here for about a dec over a decade, yeah. So he shows us the ropes as well. <laughs> That's brilliant. And did you always know you wanted to be part of a band? Or yes. when you set off, did you always think that there might be a chance you go solo? No, I always I always wanted it to be a band. I just think I didn't know where to start. Yeah. I just didn't know where to start. And then, as you say, it, I was so lucky that it happened so organically and with people who already knew and loved and like knew it would kind of work. Because I think that's quite a hard thing to actually get people who not only musically understand each other but who are actually friends mm. as well yeah. you know it's like a really rare thing yeah you get the best of everything <laughs> you get the great social and you get to hang out with them as a band as well yeah. which, is, which is brilliant isn't it and some of the others you say also 
do some other stuff with their own bands as well. So yes. Talk us through that side. Yeah. So Neve has her own project under her name, so NWV, and she released her debut album in spring, I think in April of this year. Um, she's signed to a label called Trapped Animal, who are based up in Cambridge. And then Sam, he puts his music out under Samuel Nicholson and he just released a record called Birthday Suit, which is incredible, mm. um, in June, I want to say. So he just finished like a kind of big tour supporting that. Um, he's got a show actually at the windmill coming up very soon. But yeah, so everybody is just off busy doing their yeah. own things. And you all go around <laughs> supporting each other's sort of individual projects then basically. Yeah. Yeah, so because obviously Sam's and Frankie, I'm and Neve. Sam also contributed to Neve's record. I've done some BVs. Neve's done some BVs for Sam's record. So it's kind of all, yeah. <laughs> and did you, when you were solo, you recorded under the name Frankie Morrow? That that was a thing that happened straight away, was it? Um, not exactly. It was actually, I think, I was planning to put it under my own name, which is Maria McMillan. But I just felt that it made it too singer songwritery for the kind of music that I wanted to make because I was, I, I, I knew in my mind that I wanted it to be kind of ambiguous and for us to not be bound particularly to one genre and things mm. like that. And then, yeah, the name really came from um, my grandparents, actually. So, um my grandpa was Francis Morrow. He married another Francis who became Francis Morrow. And they had a daughter called Francis oh, Morrow. Wow. <laughs> um, and so I was just like, oh, this is perfect. And I liked that it was like a family yeah. tie. Well and truly so, part of the family, isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so. so talk us about like growing up in Paisley and stuff. Were you always wanting to be in music? And did you have any sort of family already in the music business? Um. I did. Well, actually, I always wanted to be a writer, actually. I remember when I was like eight or nine, I got obsessed with Jacqueline Wilson, you mm. know, like Tracy Beaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I thought she was, I still think she's like the coolest. Uh, Jacqueline Wilson, not Tracy Beaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, yeah, she kind of inspired me to start writing, I guess. And then I found the guitar. I actually started playing guitar when I was six, so quite oh. young. And I wrote my first song quite young as well. I think I was like, first proper proper song maybe like 14 years old or something okay. I was going to say I was yeah. obviously going to ask you do you remember the song from when you were six yeah <laughs> unfortunately not but it's probably for the best such a shame because <laughs> that was going to be the next thing but never mind let's go yeah. um, and then did I have anybody that I knew um, not Particularly, my cousin was in a band and he had like a lighting company that went around with some pretty cool bands in Scotland and stuff. But not, I'm trying to think, not directly, I don't think. Actually, to be honest, that was kind of what always was a bit tricky about getting off the ground was that I didn't really know anybody that did it and so it was a big old mystery <laughs> to get into you know and even growing up in Paisley was there much of a scene or anywhere to kind of link up with other artists in, yeah. in that area I mean we had Paolo Nutini half Paolo Nutini yes. you know um, we went to the same school that is classically into yeah. fame but there was actually, to be fair, there was um, an amazing kind of like youth club that we used to go to, which is actually kind of where 
we met Duncan, our drummer, and me and James used to hang out called Create because they used to have these events that they would put on. We were like, oh, I don't know, like as I say, 14 or 15 and stuff. And they created like a space where you could go and start bands. And they did like, I think they did like writing workshops and stuff and just gave like young people like a space mm. to actually make music for the first time. So yeah, we made like loads of great friends there actually, yeah. And you got Paolo on uh, speed dial now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> As exactly. A result of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's listening anyway. <laughs> Um, so so now as part of the band you're you're the main songwriter still or do other parts yeah. of the band get involved in the songwriting as well how does that work so it has been me primarily up until this point and we've just um been working on some new tracks which also have been primarily me but i do or we do want to create an album at some point yeah. hopefully in the next couple of years and we've been doing some jam sessions where so like usually i'll come in with a like fairly fully formed thing but like song ideas have been coming out from like riffs or like a drum beat or you know kind of more like that which has been really interesting and i want to do more of that in order to I still feel like we're we're kind of still finding our identity as a band because we only have one EP out so far, so which is an exciting thing, though. Well, absolutely, it's a brilliant <clears throat> EP, and we're going to come on to it in a minute. But in terms of the songwriting process, what is your songwriting process, and has it changed since you've been part of the band? Mm. Um, my songwriting process is generally trying to sleep, <laughs> not being able to. <laughs> because an idea is like going round and round in my head but um, yeah I mean I guess I write mostly from personal experience I would say generally um, and usually it starts with me and an acoustic guitar like very kind of natural in a bedroom or I have a week in a studio in our flat now and just, yeah, I suppose just time to think and time to process things. But in terms of how it's changed, I suppose when I'm like creating demos now, which will have like, I mean, like terrible MIDI drums on them, <laughs> but like it will give Duncan an idea of like the kind of thing that I'm hearing. So I suppose like when I'm kind of writing different parts, I'm imagining the different members of the band mm. who are like, I mean, I come with like skeleton and they make it what it is. Do you right. know what I mean? So yeah. they like flesh out the ideas. I was going to say, do you find it harder <clears> because obviously you're say you're writing from a lot of personal experiences, but when you're writing for mm. yourself, it's one thing. If you're taking it to sort of four other people, yeah. does they feel like, oh, what if they don't like it? You know, <laughs> how does that dynamic work? Are they all quite honest with you or um, they just go along with whatever, whatever you think? <laughs> you can be honest, you know, let's, let's out them all now. <laughs> No, I think because everyone is so nice. I don't think they would ever be like, that is terrible. <laughs> but it, I can like probably tell if something is really good or if it's like, yeah, it's okay. But like, we don't really come back to it. So what I'll do usually is have like a batch of songs and I'll be like, listen to these and then we'll come back as a group and listen to them and kind of go through, okay, what ones do we actually want to work on? Mm -hmm. And you kind of sift through them yeah. that way. Yeah. But generally it's the ones actually, I think that I'm most passionate about do generally sort of rise to the top just because 
they probably have some sort of red like you can sure. you know you can hear yeah. the resonance yeah. that hopefully that then translates yeah. to other people well let's talk about this um this debut ep that you released last year which by the way has an amazing title blue parrot backpackers hostel where did that title come from is obviously the first question I'm going to ask. yeah that is a tongue twister it is. i'm amazed i got that out first time actually. i know i know i'm really impressed i don't usually so um it came from well so the the debut ep is was basically about a breakup as lots of eps and albums and songs are about and that was the place that like me and my ex had first met but not only that it was kind of like my um it was the first time i'd like not been living at home i was living out in sydney mm. i was staying in this hostel and i remember this moment of kind of like having to really push myself to talk to people and i saw i kind of named it that in terms of like you you kind of just always you have those moments where you want to close up but you need to they're actually the moments you need to like lean into and i guess i've kind of done that musically as well so it kind of felt quite fitting to use that place as a reference and were all the songs on the ep written about the breakup they're all written for the ep specifically were they yeah they were most of them written a long time ago actually like satisfaction i think is one of the oldest ones that i wrote when i was actually living out there and then sunflowers was maybe like a few years ago sirens was it's probably the most recent actually to now which was probably maybe like two years ago but sirens feels very much like still the kind of music that we're making now which is quite nice it's quite a good through line i think although the version of sirens on the ep is quite still fairly acoustic whereas now it's like Mm. rock (laughs) which has been quite fun to take it and just bash it up basically it's almost like covering your own song really isn't it yeah well we're going to hear a stripped back version of sirens now so tell us a little bit about that song Sirens, yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of about memories uh, that come back to you like sirens do. You know, I suppose when I was living um, in Shepherd's Bush, I was living on, oh, what's that road? Holland Road, you know, a really busy main road. And there was sirens like going past every night. But I think I just like drew parallels of how you get like flashbacks to different memories. That was kind of those siren moments. Well, I found all the letters that I wrote in a shoebox in the cupboard hidden away from view. They were weighted with words like love and truth. The paper weighed so heavy, so I put them out with a pizza box. Been building up for days on my countertops, and I thought, Is this really what it all comes down to? Who paid that bill? Was it me or was it you? Well, ooh, 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 ooh. Uh-huh. 
The Alpha Sessions. In terms of the EP that we talked about briefly, um, I read that you had an all-female engineering team for that. Was that yes. an important thing for you? When yes, you it was. It was an important thing and still is, to be honest. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I was quite lucky actually with Taylor. It was actually through Neve that I got to know Taylor because she had worked with another engineer um uh, from Strongroom Studios. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know Strongroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it just so happened that Taylor was free. I gave her a call and we just got on, like, a house on fire. Um, and, actually, we've ended up then going back and recording with Taylor some brand-new songs that will come out Brilliant. later this year and next year. So Watch this space. Yes. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, and you clearly love touring. Um, <laughs> you don't have to watch too many YouTube videos to see... <laughs> Just what an amazing vibe you get from your touring. And, and one of the highlights this year, I'm assuming, is playing Glastonbury. Yeah. Tell us how that all came about. Yeah, we were really lucky, actually, because um, the Bread and Roses in Clapham basically have a stage at Glastonbury. And so they like run this. It's almost like a kind of... Um, like showcase, like Battle of the Bands type thing. And we ended up doing, a band pulled out really last minute and Scotty, who runs it, 
absolute legend um, basically emailed us and was like can you do this gig like sorry it's last minute blah 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 and we were like well obviously if it's, <laughs> if it's to get a chance to play at Glastonbury yeah I think I, we can be free um, <laughs> you don't tell yeah. that me, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm washing my yeah. hair that night sorry <laughs> um, but yeah and yeah we were very very lucky that they liked us and invited us to play so we ended up actually playing three times over wow. the festival and we just had the time of our lives, honestly. It was incredible. And the weather was so good. Yeah, it was, it good was just year, a it? dream. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's the dream one day, you know, pyramid stage. Like, That's you know, it. We yeah. heard it here first. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Where? Tell us about some of the highlights of some of the places that you've gigged at. What's been the best ones for you? Um, Best gigs. I mean, obviously, Glastonbury being a highlight. Seabright Arms that we did our yeah. EP launch at last year. I absolutely love the Seabright. It's just like that classic underground, sweaty, yeah. like, oh, let's just go. <laughs> you know, yeah. I love those kind of venues. I want to, like, really feel in it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Trying to think of other places. The Hugging Pint. We played King Tut's actually in the summer. That was really cool because I've seen so many great bands yeah. that I love. And it's such an institution yeah, in Glasgow. Yeah, it's legendary, isn't it? Yeah. So much history. Yeah. So that was a really cool place to play. Are the audiences in Scotland very different to the audiences in London, would you say? Um, I think there's like... Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like there is probably more... Sometimes I feel like you don't know whether a show is going well or not. That's not just London, though. Like right. I think sometimes in Europe as well, because people are so polite, and you're like, I hope they like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but then people come up after you and be like, no, like was really into it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Because sometimes, and and this is what you said you loved about the Seabright Arms, where yeah. you're kind of really in amongst people almost. Yeah, yeah you're and like you, on top of them. Yeah. <laughs> So, so have you got any <laughs> venues that you haven't played that you kind of think, I'd really want to play there? Um, oh, yes, loads. I love um, the Electric Ballroom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely love that venue. And I've, it's just like one of the first places, I think, that I went to see shows when mm. I came down here. So it's just like sentimental. But also I just love it because I think it's like the perfect size for bands who are like decently well known but it's not too big mm -hmm. I think I do kind of generally prefer like smaller to medium venues I would say although arena gigs obviously have their place but like yeah. there's nothing quite beats that like intimacy of someone you really love you if know? the pyramid stage comes calling you won't turn it down, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that is a good point <laughs> yeah <laughs> But no, a lot of people say that, that you know, the, the smaller intimate gigs where you've yeah. kind of got a, I suppose it depends, a really respectful crowd in some cases, but if you've got like the five piece and it's kind of very rocky, you want to see people rocking out a bit, yeah? Yeah, totally. And also there's just so many indie bands yeah. who aren't that big, but they are amazing. And like the chance to actually just hear their music when it, it feels so accessible, you yeah. know, like... Yeah, that to me is just the best. Who have you seen recently in the way of up-and-coming bands that you think, oh, they're they amazing? Oh, well, I've, I haven't seen them yet, yeah. but I heard a band actually a couple of days ago called Witch Elm from Bristol, and they are just incredible, like alt-rock, very, very up my street. 
Um, I love, I mean, to be fair, she's not up and coming, she's established, but Rachel Sermani, if mm-hmm. you know her. Yeah, amazing. Oh, absolutely love yeah. her stuff. Yeah. yeah, she's got a record coming out, I think, very soon. Oh, well, if you're listening then, Rachel, you know, could be a collaboration. Yeah. On <laughs> <laughs> and apart from the gigging side, I mean, do you enjoy the rest of the promotional side? I mean, obviously, a big thing is social media. We can't mm. get away from it. We talked about it earlier on, you know, yeah. updating our Instagram and our TikTok now and <laughs> X and everything else. Do you spend a lot of time on it yourself? Or is it a bit that you sort of mm. try and have as, as less dealing with as possible? <laughs> I think it's it's kind of nearly impossible to not. Yeah. I, I try with all of my heart to see it as a positive thing because I think... It is so easy to like get overwhelmed actually with like the amount of channels that you need to keep up to date. But I think like trying to use it as a way of like connecting with people, I think makes me think about it in a different mm. way. <laughs> because I think it can it can like definitely get you down a little mm. bit, especially if you're thinking too much about like oh that post did well, that one didn't like, you know. You, I think as long as you concentrate honestly on making real art that you believe in, that is going to communicate across whatever medium that you choose to put that on a platform, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And is it easier actually doing that as part of a band? Because it takes the sort of... Yes. The focus all off you, like, <laughs> yeah. and, and sort of spreads it out between all of you a little bit. Yes, more. definitely. I really like that actually, so because we've all got quite different personalities so I think it'd be nice like through this kind of next collection of songs to almost like kind of yeah allow people to get to know the different voices because mm. it's it's generally me that runs like the, our socials and stuff but it would be cool to have like I don't know if we had like a um, Spotify playlist where you know Duncan picks the mm. tunes of, for that week or something like that mm. so that people can kind of get to know each of us individually as well there are a lot of opportunities, I guess, to get new music out now in the way that there wasn't mm. before, but obviously there's a lot of competition as well. I mean, do mm. you think it's easier or harder now to get new music out there to people than it was you know, a few years ago, maybe when you started the process? I think that it's easier to create high-quality music from home because of how accessible like technology has made it for example like logic i mean most of the ep was recorded at my house neve or sam's house other than the drums were in a studio that's something that i just think people wouldn't have really been able to do before but then on the flip side i guess i think there was a lot more money in uh, record labels and things like that whereas now people are less likely to take a punt on you I think that you need to almost prove that you're already established you've already got a following before people mm-hmm. will maybe get involved mm-hmm. so I suppose that's a bit different yeah yeah um, well let's hear another track from me now and this is another one taken from your EP from last year called White Rocks which is my favorite track off the EP actually it's a brilliant track uh, tell us a bit about this one um, it's so funny chatting about these <laughs> because it feels like such a long time, but it wasn't really. It yeah. only came out last year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess this song is kind of just about a tumultuous relationship and managing that, really.
sessions so that was white rocks from Maz from frankie morrow who's here in the studio with us today here on the alpha sessions so let's start talking about some of the new tracks then um of which you've performed a couple for us today and we'll have a 
sneak preview of those at some point in the in the future. But your last single that you released was a, a track called Crave, uh, which is out earlier on this year, which is actually quite a change in musical direction, isn't it, really? Yeah. How did that come about? Did you decide you wanted to consciously go in a different direction? Yes, I do. I think it was conscious, actually. Although, to be fair, I think it... It was conscious, but it also evolved like that, <laughs> if that makes sense. Because basically, or we put out our last EP, and then there was a bit of a lag almost in terms of us as a band then performing live because our show was already a lot rockier than when we'd yeah. actually what we actually had out. So it's nice to put Crave out there and kind of like start this next chapter and like. Yeah, kind of change up our sound a little bit. It's definitely much heavier, I think, than before. Yeah, I was going to say, is it fair to say that the the EP was more sort of folky really yeah. in style, wasn't it? Whereas this is much more sort of indie pop rock, I suppose. Yeah, um, totally. I, I don't know if you've had the same comparison, but as I was listening to it, I was thinking garbage from the 90s. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's sick. Uh, it's brilliant, honestly. <laughs> I loved it. And a little bit I of um, sort of Susie and the Banshees at some point as well. You know, we have had them before. Really? Both of which I'm like, yes, I will take I those home with me. Yeah, no, that's... I absolutely love it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's new stuff that you've got coming out, of which you've got um, some more this year, hopefully. Um, yes. But is that going along that sort of style then? Is that the, the sort of style you're aiming for now? Yes, I would say I would say we're pretty much in sort of indie rock, alt rock, definitely for mm. the new stuff. Yeah, there is like still quieter moments as well and still acoustic led stuff. But I think I just enjoy like the sound that we make when we're going for it and I'm on my electric and I'm just able to really get into it in a way that I kind of can't access when it's just me and an acoustic guitar. Mm. I suppose it's more of a, it is more of a performance mm. as well. Yes, I suppose it's a wee bit more theatrical in that sense. But I, yeah, I really enjoy the kind of different sides of it. Do each of you in the band have sort of similar musical tastes, or do you all have something completely different, and you mm. kind of all bring something different in that way? All quite different, actually. Like, there's definitely it's like kind of Venn diagram of like there's yeah. bands that that we all can agree on but then like Sam for example loves jazz I mean and actually so does Neve to be honest like that yeah there's loads of loads of different genres that I guess we maybe pay slight homage to in smaller ways mm. like throughout the songs yeah who would you say you cite as some of your biggest musical influences um, well, I I kind of always say like Bob Dylan was like a big first one because yeah. he was like the first ever gig I went to when I was eleven years old. Oh, really? Was me and my dad went to a Bob Dylan. Wow, <laughs> that is a that is a high Which bar for first so gig. Which is so funny as an eleven year old as well because <laughs> I was like listening to Avril Lavigne obviously as yeah. well, <laughs> but didn't get tickets to her. Right. But there was a spare one going. I think my mum must have. I don't know. I don't actually even know why I ended up going, to be honest. But, um, yeah, because for a long time I didn't get it. And I was like, I'll put that off. Like, what is that? And then I obviously realised the error of my ways. But <laughs> So did literally, did you at that moment, was that a game changer for you? You went along to that and you thought, wow, this is, this is the music I want to listen to now. I think maybe not like quite after that, but definitely through... I've kind of always felt, I suppose, like a bit of an old soul. Like a lot of the songwriting I love is like definitely kind of older. I don't like, 
make music that's massively produced like even though the newer songs are kind of using electric guitar and synths and stuff it's still like there's still lots of natural sounds in there that mm. I just I don't know there's something there's a magic in it mm. that I just love yeah do you have a particular era for music that you listen back to now I mean what's, uh, what's your decade would you say if you pick the best decade for music you know I've been really getting into the 90s have you yeah, yeah I thought but, you were going to say that yeah really yeah oh yeah there's definitely a 90s influence in <laughs> yeah you can hear it yeah yeah because well because I was born in 95 right so like I didn't <laughs> I didn't get to experience 90s yeah. music so it's been really cool as an adult like also right like I barely it's really weird but I didn't really listen to bands that much growing up so I only feel like I'm actually forming my musical taste as an adult which has been quite interesting so yeah I've been like massively getting into 90s like I only listened to Radiohead for the first time this year which really? is insane yeah wow. I know so did you have the radio on a lot growing up and were you listening to the sort of the mainstream pop stuff at the yeah. time and now you've gone back yeah it would have been very much like top 40 that alongside my mum and dad's record collection so lots of ABBA right Neil Diamond yeah <laughs> we have plenty of that down here as well <laughs> Eva Cassidy yeah Joan Armitraden. And do you love listening to that stuff? I mean, yeah. you know, if you heard an ABBA track, would you? Would oh, you I'd be up there. Would you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those hooks. Oh, my God. I mean, it is genius, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. If you write a song that's an earworm like that, good luck. <laughs> yeah, there's actually, we have a little, I don't know if you heard that synth line in Crave, but we say that's like our ABBA moment. Yeah. <laughs> there's a little yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. I think it's in the pre-chorus that we're like, that's our little ABBA moment now. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, could you see yourself as a band, like, experimenting with kind of going very pop or, you know, re releasing a dance track or whatever? Or do you think... Is anything uh, nothing possible? is off limits. Yeah. Nothing. I, I definitely operate in that. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. I can't wait to see what's going to come out. Yeah, I honestly have no idea the kind of music we'll make in like 20 years' time. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> We're going to get you back in to find out. Hopefully we'll still be here as well. So one of the new tracks that you've got coming out is a track called Cruel. Yes. Tell us a little bit about this one then. Yes. Um... So cruel. I wrote. I think it would have been in like November, sort of Christmas of last year, so twenty twenty two, and it was inspired by quite a specific event. Actually, I'd basically gone back home for some drinks, and sometimes I think when you're, I don't know, you've moved away and you go back, like there can be that kind of like interest in like what you've been up to or what someone in your life's been up to blah 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 anyway I had a bit of an unfortunate conversation around that <laughs> which I basically just wrote into a song because how I expressed my frustration at life yeah. is just let's just tell everybody about this <laughs> And did that said person then listen to the track and think, oh, that's what that was about? Quite possibly. <laughs> I hopefully will never find out. No, if fair enough. <laughs> well, um, we look forward to that coming out. And then without giving all the details away, because I know you can't give everything away, but yeah. um, what lies next for the rest of this year and maybe early into next year? Yes, yeah, so we have definitely recorded some new songs that will be kind of coming out over the next kind of like six months or maybe sooner 
Um, and we're also planning to do a kind of live session, full band live session as well, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably do a mixture of old and new songs for that. Um, and we actually, we just finished recording a music video as well for Ooh. Cruel, actually, which will be coming out. It's very unhinged. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like a kind of spooky comedy horror uh. type. Oh, I can't wait to see that. <laughs> it's very silly, but very fun. Did you have a lot of input into the creation of that? or Yes, yeah. I wrote the entire script. But we were working with an amazing uh, videographer called Felix Ursel, who actually did Neve's videos for her album. Okay. He's incredible. Um, and, yeah, so he, he got on board when I told him about it and was like, yeah took it and ran sort of thing is that something you'd love to do with all of your tracks is to put videos together because again there's a debate now about you know to music video or to not i know Um, it's a shame that i think it's definitely a medium that's not as kind of widely used now i guess because it used to be such a thing where you would sit down and it was like really part of a, a track release but i personally love music videos i really enjoy making them it's interesting to kind of apply the same principles but to like a different kind of mm-hmm. art and yeah I just, it's just really interesting to me I really enjoy it and I think because like I worked in TV before and stuff it feels like quite an actual thing to do I guess yeah yeah oh well I can't wait to see that then look out for the yeah. new music video and if people want to find out more about you where can they go yeah, so on Instagram, Frankie Morrow Music, uh, Facebook the same, Frankie Morrow Music. We're on all streaming services, um, and we now have a TikTok, also Frankie Morrow Music. Yeah, it's the way forward, isn't it? There's it no is, escaping it anymore. It is. <laughs> Good luck with that, <laughs> um, and thank you so much for coming down. We're looking forward to some more thank new music you. later in the year, and uh, make sure you check back to our YouTube channel because we'll have more special performances from uh, from Maz and Frankie Morrow later on in the year. Thanks for coming down. Thank you. Where have you been? I want to know All of these years they've come and gone What have you said? Who have you hurt? Mariana, I'm watching you Oh, how the badness should break smile To think about it Who you once were to My blood's pounding I used to look up to Now I look through you I 
eyes on the prey Bide your time Sip of your drink before you wreck mine Ask me how she is Heard it on the vine She needs help Who do you think you are? She looks just like an angel But her claws are color fatal The holier than though I don't work on me, baby I used to look up to you Now I look through you Do you Be so.